All right, welcome, welcome, everybody. Got to get started here for the day. So uh, I wanted to talk a bit about, right, what what can you expect, right? What is Christianity, right? Why, why, right? Why is Christianity, right? That's a good question. What do we get for it? What is it? What what is required of us to be Christian? Well, the Bible, right? This is one of the purposes that the Bible was written to set guidelines, to set the ways that are required, right? And you'll find many teachers out there, right? And there are many teachers out there. And how will you know a good teacher from a bad teacher? Well, you will know them by their fruit, right? So in order to find a really good teacher, right, you have to sort of, uh, well, you have to have wisdom, right? You have to have knowledge. If someone tells you, uh, uh, you know, running down steep hills will make you rich and famous, right? You won't know that they're sort of leading you in the wrong direction, right? Well, you make it healthy that way, uh, but it's not exactly going to produce financial wealth. So you, uh, a seeker of knowledge, a seeker of wisdom, right? And you're seeking to bolster your finances. You go up to a priest or uh, they're not actually called priests, right? They're just a, a minister, right? Someone who is preaching the word of God who's reading the Bible, right? They're reading the Bible. And so you go up and you ask me and you say, hey, I'm looking for finance. But here's the thing, bad news. This preacher, right, they haven't really established financial wealth themselves. They've been seeking, they've been pressing in, but they never sought wisdom. They never sought knowledge. They never sought the skills, right, necessary to produce finance, the love, the passion that you have to pour into something to make it productive to make it produce some some of God's realms of blessing, right? Some of God's blessing. And so they don't know how. So they tell you, well, hey, running down steep hills. Well, this is bad fruit, right? It's poor fruit that maybe they uh, misinterpreted a verse of the Bible. Maybe they're applying it wrong. Maybe there are maybe there are motives, right? When you run into uh, scriptures that have been altered, for example, all sin is forgiven. Well, are there motives for preachers to preach? Are all sin is forgiven? Everybody goes to heaven. Yeah, there are large financial incentives behind this. So when there are incentives, when there are it are uh, like sorry, when there is. Uh, motivation of mankind, right? There's a beautiful woman. Me and this other gentleman are competing for this woman. I'm going to kick him out of my church so that I get to spend more time with the beautiful woman. Yes, right? This is a motivation of mankind. It is corruption, right? And understanding that is extremely important. The difference between a villain and a hero is choices, right? It is how they make, uh, how they decide to utilize their powers. And so <clears throat> understanding this is extremely important because corruption, it's not Christian. It's opposite to Christianity. And so you have to ask yourself what? What lies opposite to Christianity? Right? What lies opposite to heaven? What lies opposite to God's ways? If God's ways, when practiced, <clears throat> Uh, 
what will lead you into happiness, joy, a life that you love, a relationship with God, etc. Well, then what is opposite to that? Well, it will lead you to misery, suffering. And if you keep going down those roads without sort of understanding or taking a look, stopping to take a look for a second, say, hey, these ways are producing bad, <laughs> bad fruit in my life. I'm running down this hill. I'm not getting any richer. Then you can discern, right, that uh, for some reason there was a manipulation of the scriptures, right? Uh, and uh, Peter says this in his verses. He says, other people, they, mankind, they will twist the scriptures to their own destruction. They want tithing to be 20%, so they preach tithing as 20% without any respect or reverence for the one true living God, his ways, his wisdom. God's wisdom, God's ways are above the ways, the thoughts, and the ways are higher than mankind's ways. And so is Christianity something I control, right? And I am, I am writing my own version of the Bible. I'm putting an immense amount of effort into that. And it's a gigantic book doing it uh, so far 100% apostolically disciples of Christ accept no finance, right? It's just uh, out of the goodness of our own hearts, right? This is to <clears throat> prevent corruption of my teaching, right? Perhaps, uh, you know, a time of financial struggle would come along down the road where, uh, you know, the, the church needs uh, finance to survive. And I might be incentivized to say, uh-oh, by the way, guys, hey, all sins forgiven, everybody goes to heaven, just please, please keep tithing. So identifying good and bad fruit is something that Christ himself uh, commands, instructs his disciples, each and every person in the world, right, to do, right? You do not just, uh, to the teachings of mankind, right, you don't just listen blindly, right? To the ways of God, we listen blindly. To the voice of God, we listen blindly. But not to the scriptures. Why not to the scriptures? Because there's 3,000 different versions of the Bible out there. And some of them, unfortunately, will produce bad fruit. And uh, I went over a few of, the, few of the mistranslations. I'll be making uh, more of those as I go along, right? Um, but, so what will uh, practicing your Christianity produce? Is it going to be beneficial? Yes, right? Practicing your Christianity, putting your faith into practice, right? Applying it to your, your ways, right? Your spirit, mind, body, actions, and words. Well, this is going to change your life forever. When you do that, you will stop moving towards any, you'll, you'll start moving towards the life of your dreams, a happy life. Now, it's not always going to be the easiest, but let me jump into my notes here. So, what will an accurate translation of the Bible produce? Well, it will produce the divine realms, the realms of God. Heaven on earth is what that will, it will produce when you practice it. So let me say, right, how do I know, right? How do I personally know that the accurate practicing of the Bible will produce the realms of heaven, right? Well, I... When I was young, I was taught, right, these, these uh, sort of bad, the ways of bad fruit, right? I was taught some of these mistranslations, and I believed them, and I loved God. 
I knew I loved God from about 15 years old, uh, maybe even younger. I remember being eight years old and having my hands lifted high to the one true living God. And there's always been a sort of love for God and God's ways above the ways of mankind. But I was uh, foolish when I was young. I did not listen. I did not uh, seek wisdom and knowledge, which is something that the Bible commands us as, as followers of Christ to get for ourselves. Why? So that we're not led astray. So that I don't listen to that guy saying, hey, I'm trying to generate finance and go start running down a hill over and over throughout my days, right? So that I don't start wasting my life uh, building someone else's empire when really they say their empire is built for the Lord God of Israel. But what really is going on is they're building their empires for their mortal decaying temporary flesh. And right, if you surrender to the ways of mankind, if you take the scriptures and you alter them, right, you will be altering what will produce divinity into what will produce dust, right? Out of the dust, mankind was formed and into the dust, mankind, right? The ways of man will return, but the ways of the divine, right? Will produce heaven. How do I know, right? That this, uh, get rooting, rooting out, right? Getting away these false teachings and accurately practicing the ways of God will produce what you read about in the Bible. Well, because after I got, all those mistranslations out and I put, started putting my faith into practice. I started actually keeping God's holy covenant. I started actually seeking a relationship with the one true living God, not some half one foot on the sea, one foot in the ocean, right? One foot on the land sort of relationship, but out on the water with the one true living God, right? Out on the water in faith, by faith, Christians walk by faith and faith alone. We walk by faith, right? And so when I started putting the accurate uh, translation translation of the Bible into practice, right, I started seeing God, right? I had a dream where uh, there was this, I was standing in a pitch black room. And in that room, a little black hand uh, tore, a, tore a hole in the dimensions and stepped through and volcanic blue flame was erupting from the tear. And a little, a little black girl stepped through and uh, she looked right at me and said, I am the Lord God of Israel. I want you. And after that dream, right, uh, there were, there are many other instances, encounters uh, with God, right? And so understanding this, right, it is a walk in faith towards the divine realms, towards God right, is, it's very important. And twisting the scriptures, right? Well, what are you doing? You're saying, hey, God, that you've told us your ways. Now we're going to take those ways and we're going to make them our ways instead. Well, you're taking what will produce the spirit, the realms of spirit, the gifts of the spirit, the blessings, the divine ways, and you're trading them for dust, something that only lasts maybe 120 years tops. You're trading a thousand, ten thousand years for 120 years. And so as an immortal, if you can imagine what God <laughs> sees when he sees people doing that, it doesn't look like wisdom, right? It looks like foolishness. 
And not only are you trading immortality for dust, right? You are also polluting your, your spirit, right? So keeping away, right, from false teachings. And I'll go over this in a second, right? But Christ gives us tools so that we can protect ourselves against the ways of mankind who would dare manipulate the scriptures out of the dust they were formed and into the dust shall they return they twist the scriptures to their own destruction so have you seen god right have you seen what the bible talks about have you witnessed the miracles that occurred in the bible have you witnessed similar miracles in your life or are you sort of wandering around saying what's going on with my faith why why i'm practicing my faith i'm putting it into practice why isn't it working? Well, this is because if, if you are indeed putting your faith into practice accurately and you're not yielding uh, good fruit, abundant good fruit from it, it is because, right, you're not, you haven't translated the scriptures accurately or you've got one of those versions of the Bible that tell you Jesus ended the law. Don't strive in your life. Uh, which are opposite to the fourth commandment that says thou shalt work six days a week, right? And so what it's hinting at, what it's pointing towards is possessing a sincere work ethic, right? Why it will be good for your life. It will produce uh, material blessings. It will lead to your dreams, right? If God says, hey, I want you to work hard and build me a wall, much like in Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah, then you go and you work hard and you build God a wall, right? That is what it means to be Christian, right? So the Bible was originally created to point mortals in the right direction while mankind is going to be pointing in all kinds of directions, right? You walk into a store and you say, hey, man, which is the best beverage? And the man points to the most expensive one and says, oh, it's ah, my friend. It's that one, right? And these are the biases of mankind. The bond salesman says, oh, bonds, man. It's all about bonds. The insurance salesman says, oh, no, no, no. It's all about insurance. The artist says, I love art, right? The pastor says, I know the way, right? But only God knows the way. No man not even myself, knows the ways of God perfectly. But you don't have to know them perfectly. You just have to try your best and God will lead you the rest of the way. And yes, absolutely, right? I have had some of those uh, biblical false teachings, right, that I believed were accurate. I was told, told and taught they were accurate until I realized they were producing bad fruit in my life. And I went and I sought out the accurate translations of them. And lo and behold, I found that they were just, they had just been twisted and corrupted by the ways of mankind, right? So, so if the Bible is pointing in the right direction, right, then God out of his love is pointing us in the right direction. Let's see. So Alex Baby, there's about 3,000. There's over 3,000 versions of the Bible, right? And so God, out of his love, he's leading us to the accurate 
ways, the ways that will lead us to a good life, the divine realms, heaven, immortality, right? These ways will lead people to the life of their dreams. Oh, you know, I couldn't. Uh, so Alex Baby says, which of the 2,999 versions of the Bible are wrong? I couldn't tell you exactly which ones are wrong, but uh, you right by the uh, parable of the good fruit, right? When you're putting uh, faith into practice, when you're putting the divine ways into practice, you can tell, right, if it is going to lead to a positive influence or, or a negative influence on your life. And I'll go over that here in a minute, right? But the divine ways, God's ways will lead to happiness, love, and a life that you love, the life of your dreams, right? <clears throat> so Jesus Christ teaches us that we should guard ourselves against false teachings, right? And when we listen, right, uh, how should we listen, right? Well, we should listen with love, right, and mercy, knowing that, you know, preaching isn't always the easiest thing, right? Getting up in front of thousands of people is not always the easiest thing, right? But, right, uh, and, and that is the point where God, from where God wants us to live from, right? Out of love, mercy, forgiveness, right? Maybe someone uh, misquotes a Bible verse. Don't jump down their throats, right? Maybe uh, someone believes, has a different religious belief from you, right? We are not going on crusades trying to uh, uh, convert them, right? If the, right, Christ was not uh, forcing people, he is merely inviting them. It is an invitation to the life of your dreams. And you can choose not to have it or you can choose to have it, right? But having it does indeed require some things from the followers of Christ, right? A covenant, by definition, is an agreement. An agreement, by definition, you are agreeing to something, right? So here in Matthew 32, uh, 32.3, we find Jesus instructing the disciples to examine religious teachings, not just to follow them blindly. Therefore, all, whatever they instruct, examine. Examine, then do. But do not be like they are, for they speak and do not do. Right? So there's an emphasis on doing there. There's an emphasis on listening, but not just uh, following blindly. Right? And so examine what people are teaching you. If I tell you, hey, yeah, you go run down that hill, it's going to produce you finance. You say, yeah, right, buddy. Okay? <laughs> Or, or uh, something along the lines. You said, mm -hmm. "Okay, are you sure?" That's not what what the the Bible says. And so Jesus gives us another tool, right? The tool of the good fruit, which I've been speaking about, to put into practice, right? And when you put the the good fruit teachings, the good fruit ways, the good soil methods into practice, right? It will produce an above abundant harvest, right? Now. Uh, this may be, it may cause some confusion when you are observing uh, some teachings in the Bible, like tithing, right? But here in Exodus 19.5, right, God addresses this, right? Uh, and now, if you will diligently obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you will be a treasured possession to me above all people. For all the earth is mine. You will be a treasured possession to me, God, 
above all people if you diligently obey my voice. So uh, when it comes to the voice of God, Christians, we drop everything. We stop walking and we start running. We obey the voice of God, the voice that all living creatures have knowledge of, right? And so running towards it is one of the requirements, right? If God sees that he can't use you, or that if he can't get you to do what he wants, right, he can't use you, right? You, by free will, are saying, God, no, right? Uh-oh, this is going to go a lot longer than I thought it was. Uh, so when it comes to the voice of God, we run towards it, right? Now, sometimes God puts his people through trials, right? And these trials may uh, cause pressure on their lives, times of hardship, right? Uh events in their lives that may seem rough or hard on them that they're going to need to be shaped and developed into the marvelous design that God has planned for each and every one of us, right? God will get you there. He will get you to your dreams. He is the one true living God, right? The parter of the heavens. He heaped up the waves, right? Let the Israelites pass through on dry land. Now, he will get you there, but you have to follow. And you have to have the courage to follow. And it's not always easy, I'll tell you. But when you find something that you're struggling with, start taking baby steps to overcome it, right? If you need more courage, go and get more courage. If you need more patience, then go and get more patience. Develop yourself how God wants you to develop yourself, right? And when you see, when you have done this, when you obeyed God and you witness and you are living in the finished product of the one true living God, don't be surprised if you're living a life of thanksgiving. And this is the point, right? That dreamlike life, that life of your dreams that God is leading each and every one of us to if you obey, right? If you surrender the ways of mankind and start putting into practice the accurate ways of the Bible. Right. Uh, God knows where he's leading us. He knows that he is planning to prosper us and grow us, not to harm us, right? Now, there are other instances of the Bible, right? For example, tithing that may seem sort of like, well, this doesn't really make sense to me, right? But tithing itself holds back death. Right? It helps people in your community. It sets an example to the world, right? to the entire world. And that is another thing that Christians are attempting to display, right? Sh displaying the divine ways of God, leading other people, helping other people, uh, teaching other people, guiding other people. Right? Understanding this is important right? because it uh, puts that spark in the essence of benevolence, right? God's benevolence, he created the world, he created us, right? What a gift, what a blessing, right? And therefore, we are also to begin and produce that little spark of benevolence to lead the way in Christian, through Christian principles, right? To be the city on the hill, right? And right, wherever we do this because where other people's where other people see leaders, where other people see happiness, joy, right? They often follow, 
And uh, Christ set this example himself. And Christ, through his words, just by speaking and the miracles, right, co-laboring with God, right, produced a, a faith that has uh, captivated 40% of the entire world's population, roughly 3 billion people, right? And so understanding that, uh, that is part of being Christian is important, right? Because when it comes down to that mo that heated moment where you have to decide, right, am I going to lash back or am I just going to keep my cool and stay in that loving place, right? Well, we're trying to display the nature of God. We're trying to display that we're different than mankind, not the same. And this will bring us, right, to into a point of dedication and focus, right, where we're staying more focused on getting our own life situated, getting our own dreams, right, more dedicated to God in his ways that will lead us to a point that we'll, uh, we will become, right, we will draw nearer to heaven, right, as we learn to hold God's ways first and foremost in our lives. So while other teachings, right, for example, you don't have to do anything to be Christian, right, these teachings, they may sound nice, right, but uh, you don't have to do anything to become a multimillionaire. Well, that sounds really nice, but it's not true, right? And so be very careful when your ear starts to get tickled, right? You say, oh, man, that sounds really good. I get into heaven for free. Uh, I'm going to be a millionaire tomorrow. God, you know, um, some preachers, they preach by this time next week, God's going to show up. Your life's going to be changed and it's going to be, it's going to be incredible and God's going to do it all for you, right? They preach that, but lo and behold, in fact, in, in reality, when next week comes along, not much has changed. And you're still wondering where this preacher's ear tickling ministry is, <laughs> where it is and when it is going to come to pass, because it's not what God says in the Bible. God never says, hey, it's going to be easy. I'm going to do it for you. You don't have to do anything to be Christian. Interestingly enough, right, the teaching, you don't have to do anything to be Christian. If you look at the single word covenant, covenant means an agreement. An agreement means that we do things, right? I agree to an agreement, right? So there are things that have to be done, right? So that, that's an easy one to sort of sort out, right? And this sort of logical processing, right? God did not put the entrance into heaven uh, so far out of mankind's reach that we say, Oh, I don't understand it. I'm just doing it mindlessly. No, it makes perfect sense. Every word that God spoke, all the good ways of God, right? And let me, right? God created the earth and he created the ways to get to heaven within the earth, right? So they're not going to be uh, opposite or seemingly uh, foolish, right? They're not foolish ways. Christianity is not foolishness. Faith is not foolishness, right? God is real, right? The ways of God, when put into practice, will elevate, that will, will launch your life into new realms of joy, happiness, right? Uh, yes, right? When you apply a Christian covenant to finance, your finance will thrive. If you look at the examples of Joseph, right? Potiphar placed his entire house, right? Joseph was sold into slavery. He went into the 
Cecilia uh, Pens of Potiphar. Potiphar placed his, his house in Joseph's hands. And it said God's favor was upon Joseph. Everything that he touched flourished, right? And so Potiphar gives it all, to, surrenders the control of all of it to him, right? After Potiphar, the incident with Potiphar's wife, he goes to the jailer. Same thing. God's favor was upon Joseph and everything he touched flourished. Same thing. Keeps going. Common theme, right? And this is a common theme throughout uh, the lives of Christian if you are practicing the faith accurately. But it will take time. Not next week you're going to be a super genius and uh, you're going to be elevated uh, to the ruler of a nation. No, that's not, it's not what God's talking about, right? It's, it's a road walk that you will keep growing. You keep walking in the favor. The, the, the water will well up within you. It will grow within you into a wellspring of eternal life, right? Not God hands you your dreams by tomorrow. Thanks for tuning into my stream. Be sure to donate, right? No, absolutely not. And again, uh, we're 100% apostolic, so you can't donate here. Uh, so teachings like don't strive, <laughs> uh, God will do it for you, right? These are opposite to the scriptures, and they will produce what lies opposite to the holy scriptures. Suffering, misery, misery, times of hardship, right? And if you keep walking down that way, it will get worse and worse. Now, uh, the holy scriptures, right? Love, by definition, it leads the people that it loves to good places, to the places where they will love, right? I don't take someone I love and say, let's go do something you hate. That's just not how it goes, right? And so that is one of the purposes of the Bible, to get mortals, to get mankind into the lives that they love, right? But it is a surrender to God in his ways, not doing it our own ways. Right. So uh, let's see. Right. So if you want to experience the divine realms in your life, divine blessings, spiritual miracles, God's favor, right, and much more, you have to surrender to God's ways. Obey God, right? Follow his ways over our own ways. Christianity is not my way. Christianity is God's way, right? It's a very important because a lot of people lose sight of that one. Uh, right. And so it is following God's ways, not, hey, I decided not to tithe because I love money. Right. And so this is uh, sort of stubbornness. You may not understand the wisdom behind tithing. Right. But it is there and it is wisdom. Right. We are not allowing finance to elevate in our lives to the point where it may corrupt our souls, where to the point where it may become an idol to us. Right. And so tithing will really help with that. Not to mention, right, it, it displays the divine realms. It displays God's nature, his benevolent love nature, right? So not, hey, I found another verse in the Bible that I don't want to do, so I'm doing it my way instead of God's way. No, that's not, <laughs> that's not surrender, right? You got to get off the throne of your life. You got to get off the throne of your own life and let God take the throne. And when you come down to these decision points, right, will you be Christian or not? Now, with tithing, I want to say we tithe with wisdom, right? So if you have uh, 
money for rent or you have or you have money for tithe, right? Of course you should pay rent, right? And that sort of logically reason, but reason that sort of logical reasoning is extremely useful, right? But uh, we are trying to do it God's way. And uh, right, so God uh, nor Christianity is perfection, right? We're not reaching for perfection. We're just giving our 100% best effort. Love itself by definition is not perfect. Love is loving them even when people fall down or get lost, even when they break their covenants, right? Even when we mess up. Uh, and contained within God's love, na love nature is discipline, right? And so sometimes uh, when you step out of God's covenant, you will be disciplined, right? And some of this can be found in Nahum 1, right? But it is all throughout the Bible from the first page. It is a common theme to the last page. So when people are telling you God is only love, God doesn't punish people. It is opposite to the Bible. You're trying to live in a fairy tale as <clears throat> your house is burning down or you're trying to live in some sort of idealism that is not going to benefit your life in any way, right? It's important in life when we go through it as Christians to understand God's ways, which we are always reaching for as Christians, to understand how the world works currently and how we believe it should work. But understanding those three things is important, right? We're always reaching for God's ways. Sometimes, hey, the world doesn't work like that, and that can be rough. Other times, right, we have those idealisms of benevolence, right? Hey, I believe I should help this person and set example to the world. Hey, I believe I should be more loving. I should believe that I should stay rooted in the realms of love and God's divine love rather than just being like everybody else, right? And yes, right, that will, <laughs> that will lead to a happy life. You will, it will lead you to a life that you love. Being loving, right? Giving love, right? Speaking love, talking people up. Da, da, da. Right, we're all broken, we're all flawed, we're all struggling. That's normal, right? But we are walking with God. And when you walk with God, don't be shocked if God shows up in your life. Right. And so God sent Christ, right, to give love to the lost, right? Christ comes on the scene and he says, I've come for the sinners, not the righteous. The righteous don't need me, right? The righteous already have their ways figured out and sorted. It is the sinners that need me. It is not the healthy that need the doctor, that need a doctor, but the sick, right? The, and this is yet another example of God's divine love, an all-immersive love that is rich in forgiveness, compassion, a love that is willing to help others for the sake of helping them, right? God's love, that's what we're striving for. It's what we're striving for all the days of our lives, all the days of our lives, right? Christ says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And who are the sheep, right? Well, they're everyone. Christians, we are good shepherds. We watch over other people. We watch out for the sheep. We steer them away. 
but this is not being quick to judge, right? When a, a gentleman starts talking to a lady, right, you do not automatically assume that he has uh, dishonest intentions or impure intentions, right? There has to be proof. You do not uh, take someone to trial <laughs> and pass, uh, pass judgment on them uh, without evidence, right? There has to be more than just, oh, I want or I believe, right? So be, be careful not to just um, pass judgment on people. And right, that is one of the commands of Christ. Do not pass judgment, right? So we guide them to green pastures. In order to guide people to green pastures, right, you have to be walking on the road to green pastures yourself, right? And this is a position of responsibility but with this responsibility comes many blessings that I cannot define here in my words because only God knows what he has planned for you. That is the reward. Yes, there are rewards for practicing the Christian faith. Countless, undefinable rewards. Right. And these blessings, right, the blessings, the wisdom, the ways, right, that God is giving us, right, they are not to be used in a manner that disgraces God or God's love by abusing the gifts that he gives us, right? For the difference between a villain and a hero is how they use their gifts. So understanding that Christianity, right, a church, our lives should be a welcoming, loving environment that is rich in mercy, forgiveness, not judgment, but helping other people, right, aiding them, nor the ways of mankind, right? Christianity is not the ways of mankind. So if you walk into a church and it seems just like another place to be, watch out. Uh, you got to be careful. Uh, and this is the road that God is talking about in the Bible. He's not talking about how other people do it. Do it. He's not talking about the way mankind walks that road. He's talking about how mankind was designed to walk the road, how we should walk the road, right? How we should live our lives so that we are living in God, alignment with God, in favor with God, right? With God and heaven itself. <laughs> okay, I jumped that part, but okay. I'm sort of jumping around on my notes because uh, we're at 38 minutes and I was only supposed to go for 30, so hey. <clears throat> right, and so this was another reason that the Bible was created to lead God's children home into the divine ways, back into heaven, immortality, right? Yes, there are spiritual blessings. Yes, there are material blessings. That is the product of the way. So understanding that Christianity is 90% love is the first step towards moving to, into a Christian life that I promise you, you will love if you practice the Bible accurately and get out uh false translations that are so prominent. I cannot tell you. Uh, I'm not sure if they just don't really press into the Bible enough or what is the reasoning behind all these um, teachings, right? But uh, uh, 
some of the some teachers many teachers out there uh will preach better than better than true messages right ear tickling messages for example one i heard recently was uh joel olstein's son he says there's nothing you can do to fall out of god's favor well <laughs> that's not true right uh there is the covenant that god wants us to walk in and stay in remain in live our lives from and <laughs> right that is where the favor is that is where the divine realms are right but when you walk out of that there's discipline and if you keep walking and keep walking right there's wrath and then right uh, where is this displayed in the bible it's sodom and gomorrah right uh, do christians follow old testament and new testament yeah do not believe that i've come to end the law or the prophets i've not come to end them but to fulfill them that's jesus christ so we follow the Old and the New Testament. I'm going to release a video later today as I'm finishing Leviticus uh, on, on ending the law. That is completely bogus. Don't listen to that. That's a gross mis mistranslation, right? Christ himself references the Old Testament and the Ten Commandments, right? And so if Christ is referencing the Ten Commandments, why, if he ended them, would he reference them? Right. Uh, why would he say I did not come to end the law or the prophets if he ended them yet? Right. Some translations of the Bible say he ended the law. Right. So uh, that's a mistranslation. Accurately, Christians, we follow 100 percent of the Bible. Right. All of it uh, out of love, out of uh, divine relationship to God. Right. And so that is going to be it for the day. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the stream. <clears throat> really appreciate uh, you all tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it, right? Like I said, blessings on you all. Don't ever forget how much God loves each and every one of you. And right, it is remaining in the covenant and putting it into practice, right? That will change your life. It is saying and doing. It is walking the talk, right? And making sure you understand that's really important, right? Hey, blessings on you all. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll see you guys all next time.